good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, happy Sunday, August 2nd. Um, just, we all really want to thank you again for just choosing to join us this morning. Um, we talk a lot about that word choice here at the well, and it's for good reason, because we make choices every single day. And the Lord actually invites or even commands us to choose every day who we're going to serve. So thank you for just choosing to serve Jesus, to be here with us this morning. When I got up this morning and just spent some time with the Lord, um, the Lord really impressed on my heart at the very beginning that I needed to get on my knees. And I just got on my knees and I just prostrated myself before the Lord because he, he led me to just humble myself before his throne, to come to confess my sin, to thank him for his provision, to thank him for the salvation that I have in Jesus Christ. And frankly, to choose this morning to love him more than anything else, to serve him, to give my life, my everything to him, to tell him that this day is his and that I am his today. So join us today in just choosing right now to serve the Lord. Um, we have a great service plan for you uh, today. Um, if you haven't heard, you might not have at this point, but uh, Richie is taking a few weeks off and much deserved time just to recover, continue recovering from shingles and just to take some time for some rest and relaxation. So today we have our own brother Bill Burr who's going to be speaking to us and uh, I think we are all really anticipating a wonderful message from the Lord about that. So before we get into worship and just other things that we're going to be doing together, would you just pray with me as we start our service today. Father, thank you so much for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Lord, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into each one of us right now to fill us up, Lord, to lead us in our worship this morning, to open our ears, to open our hearts, to open our eyes, to see you, to hear you, to believe in you, to put our trust in you. Lord, we pray for Bill as he delivers your word. We pray for Vinny and Shiloh and Bill as they just lead us in worship and others who are just leading us in coming to you to give our hearts to you today. So we love you and we give you this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church family. As we prepare to take the Lord's offering today, I ask you to, to pray with me for that. Father, we just, we praise you and thank you for the, uh, the ability to graciously return to you what you provide for us. We, we thank you so much for the personal relationship that we have, the, uh, the personal communication that we have through you. When you put something on our heart, Lord, that's, uh, <clears throat> it's just between us and you. We praise you and thank you for the, uh, for the ability to to facilitate that back and to be obedient to you and what you put on our heart, which could be anything. We just ask that you would continue to uh, support us and to look after us in these uncertain times. And again, we just uh, we thank you so much for the opportunity to serve and to give back and to do things for your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to remind everybody that we have the ability to to give online through both the app and the website. We have a mail slot in the door for those of you who'd like to get out and stretch your legs and come to the well and smile for the camera. Uh, can still receive mail here at 1290 Grand. Many great opportunities, and uh, we'd love to, to see everybody so faithfully taking advantage of all of them. Uh, we're going to move right into our, 
corporate scripture reading this morning for those of you that will look up on your own uh, Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 through 24 and uh, kind of going hand in hand with uh, Pastor Bill's message today concerning uh, our relationship and our trust in the Lord so let's uh, let's read together the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Thank you. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you again here on the live stream. For reading that scripture. And now, as we turn to worship God through our song, we're going to sing Your Love, O Lord. And it's just a great song talking about the attributes of God. And it talks about God's uh, His love, His faithfulness, His righteousness, and His justice. And so, as we sing those words today, I just pray that you would reflect on those and praise, praise the Lord. And if that's sitting down or standing up, whatever it is, pray that you would just worship Him in spirit and truth. And that just the Holy Spirit just dwell on you this morning.
Good morning, church family. Hope you guys are all doing well this morning. And as we like to do, we're going to have a just a brief moment of meeting and greeting. So again, encourage you guys, get your cell phones out, get your emails ready, uh, and text someone. Uh, maybe send someone a voice message or an email uh, this morning as we're going to just meet and greet. Obviously, we don't get to do it like we have in the past. And so just encourage you guys to be creative in how we really just love one another. Uh, that is something that we, you know, like to talk about around here and really be about is, is being the church. And biblically, we're commanded to uh, love one another among all these other one another's uh, that we've talked about in the past. And so this is just a few minutes on a Sunday uh, that we get to do this. But we would hope that this is something that we regularly do with each other throughout the week. Uh, you know, whether that's our coworkers, uh, maybe the people that are actually helping us because we don't have the ability to even really, you know, go about and, and do normal things. Uh, you know, we're, we all love people. We, we love to be loved by people. And we just want to encourage you guys to take advantage of the people that in your life. Uh, and that may be just a short, you know, small few of us. Uh, so we just encourage you to take advantage of that. And kind of what we have done in the past uh, when we met regularly is we would do uh, monthly one another's where we would just share uh, from the scriptures uh, a one another command on how we can really do that uh, in practical ways uh, as we're going about our life. And today I just want to share a really short and brief one, which is praying for one another. And I know we're all pretty familiar with praying for one another. I know for me, I kind of overlook it at times uh, because it's just it's a normal thing. Uh, and so whether, we're, you know, you're, you're texting someone right now uh, for meeting and greeting, you know, just reach out. Um, see if someone needs uh, prayer or if someone actually reaches out to you, um, you know, and they ask you what you need. Uh, you know, that might be a, a moment of vulnerability to, to really say, like, I need some help. Um, and not just with help, although prayer is definitely when we're struggling maybe or we need help with something. Uh, it also can be a time of, of joy of really sharing how God has been moving in our lives or the lives of our friends and that maybe we've been just sharing the gospel to. Or it could be just needing wisdom to, you know, make a decision or wisdom about having, you know, counseling a friend or something. So prayer isn't just about when we need something because we're having a really hard time. It's, it's, it's diverse and there's a lot of ways we can do that. So we just want to encourage you just to take advantage of the relationships that God has put in your life. Uh, and love on one another and really receive that uh, from other people. So hope you guys are doing great. And uh, we'll go ahead and get on with the service. And Tyler's going to give us some announcements. Thank you, Jordan. Um, that was awesome. Um, before I get into um, the announcements, I'd just like to say that, like I say every week, because they sort of make fun of me because I say the same thing, I love and miss all of you very much. And I truly do. 
And I just want to remind you, through, during these challenging times, you know, things are changing and new regulations are brought up and then they're taken away and back and forth. But one thing that is consistent is our God. I mean, he is just so powerful, so wonderful. So just remember that. Never forget, every morning when you wake up, God's the same as when you went to sleep. Wonderful, giving, and loving. So just remember that. And also now, it's August. It's time for birthday celebration. i got to share something with you. you. You know Birthday Bear. So during our meeting, there was a joke that if Birthday Bear did not work, that I'd have to sing for you. But don't worry, I double-checked it because they were going to prank me and take the batteries out of Birthday Bear. So all of you that were born in August, we just want to celebrate your b- birthday. And also a special shout-out to Sally. It's actually her birthday today. So happy birthday, Sally, and happy birthday to all the people at Triple C. I just want to give you a shout-out as well because we miss and love you very much as well. So let's celebrate the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. So happy birthday, August babies. And so I'm going to put birthday bear away. (laughs) Um, And now we're going to get on. I just want to give a praise report. Um, Last Wednesday we had... um, Wednesday at the well, and it was just unbelievable. It was awesome. We spent time in prayer. We met out in the back grass area, which is actually really nice right now. So it, it was. we had a great time to, in prayer, fellowshipping with one another, and just being there. Being together, I just really miss the, um, the gathering, but we did not forsake the gathering. We are meeting in all different ways. This is meeting as we meet online, but we decided to do it on a Wednesday, and we just spent time in prayer and just fellowship together. So everybody that came, thank you so much. It was just a great time. And also, because it was so successful and so awesome, we are going to do another one on Wednesday the 12th, which is in a week and a half. So please come join us. Registration will open up at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Remember, 8 o'clock tomorrow. So if you look for it tonight, it's not there. So don't email me and say, oh, it's not there. I can't find it, Tyler. But no, it will be there tomorrow at 8 o'clock. So come and join us Wednesday the 12th. Um, and just celebrate again with us. We're just going to spend some time in prayer and fellowshipping and praise. So please come and join us on the 12th. So now it is Kingdom Kids time. So let's see what Kingdom Kids have in store for us. news out in the field. Bambi's taking the week off. Marge here, and we are in the wilderness similar to where Jesus liked to pray, to his Father in heaven. We are looking for prayer warriors. Can we count on you, Kingdom Kids? I hope so. First, let's talk about what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. It's telling him what's going on, thanking and praising him, asking for help and seeking forgiveness. It's not just asking for things that you want. God wants to hear from you all the time. Prayer is also listening to God. Sometimes we talk too much about the things we want and fail to listen to what God is telling us. Here's what we know about prayer. Number one, God wants us to know him. He created us for relationship with him. He wants to be our best friend. Number two, 
God really does answer prayer. God chooses us to use our prayers to accomplish his purpose, his will. So what we're asking in prayer really does matter. This is so cool. And we should pray without ceasing or stopping. That means we can and we should pray anytime and anywhere. Prayer also, God loves us through prayer. That's number three. I forgot to count for a second, but I got it. One, two, and this is number three. God loves us through prayer. We get to know God through prayer and he loves us through it. We feel closer to him and that means we feel his love even greater. And number four, we love God through prayer. When we worship God through prayer, we tell him we love him. We thank him for everything he has done. Now, sometimes I know it can be hard to come up with the words or the wonder if God hears our prayers. Sometimes we're praying before a meal or sometimes before bed. And sometimes we're focusing on, okay, dear Lord, thanks for the food. And all we're thinking about is the food in front of us. And we're not really focusing on God. Well, God hears our prayers and we really need to focus on God when we pray. And we're going to learn that in our new series in August on why, what, where, and the hows of prayers. And if you wonder if God really hears our prayers, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 12, then you will call upon me and come to pray to me and I will hear you. Join us on Kingdom Kids Online for our series on prayer warriors. Nice talking to you and we'll see you on Kingdom Kids Online. Good morning, church. Here we are at the well, live streaming once again. It's so good to be here with you, and I am really looking forward to opening the Word of God with all of you this morning. So speaking of that, speaking of opening the Word of God, why don't you grab your Bibles? Grab your Bible, if it's nearby, and of course I hope it is. Grab your Bible and do this. Pick it up in your right hand. Just hold it up. Everybody? Everybody here is doing it. At home? Okay. We're holding up our Bible. Doesn't matter what it is. Mark is holding up his Bible, and it is an iPhone. And it's his iPhone Bible. And Shiloh has, Shiloh has a pew Bible. And, uh, and I've got my very original Bible. There's Tyler way in the back, back there in the sound booth. And he's holding up his iPhone too. And that is a Bible. Now I want you to repeat after me. Are you ready? Repeat after me. This is my Bible. Very good, very good. This is my Bible. I'm glad we got that squared away because that is a great place to start this morning. You see, because according to 2 Timothy 3.16, what does it say about your Bible? It says that it is God-breathed. It is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You see, this Bible is the final authority in all things for what we believe and what we do. Amen? Amen. And Hebrews 4.12 says this. Hebrews 4.12 says that this Bible is alive and it is active. You see, you could insert there, thinking about it this way, that this is supernatural. This is a supernatural book. 
It is alive, and it is active, and it is sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So today, we're going to hear really a simple message, and I hope we're going to have a wow, a wow moment And I hope we're going to be encouraged. I hope we're going to be encouraged and reminded. What? That our God is an awesome God. And I'd really like to hear an amen to that. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, in fact, that's the title of the message today. When I was putting this together this week, it was was like, how do you you title a message anyway? How do you do that? It's really a challenge. So what I came up with was, wow, dot, 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 awesome. Perrin, our God is an awesome God because it's true. It's true. And you see, some of us today, we just need to be encouraged. Some of us need encouragement. Some of us need to be reminded. And frankly, I think most of us need both to be encouraged and reminded that God is awesome. God is awesome. You see, that truth should be a wow moment in and of itself, in and of itself. So awesome, this word awesome is a really, really interesting word. Because what does it mean? Well, it's a compound word, actually, kind of. It's a compound word. And it means inducing awe. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? It means inducing awe, but it also means inspiring an overwhelming, overwhelming feeling of reverence. But here's the deal. When we use that word today in our culture, in our culture, and I, I do it all the time, and my guess is you do too. See, we use the slang version of that word awesome, not the biblical version of it. And what that means is simply, by way of example, is, um, well, look, there's Benny. Now, maybe you can't see him now, but we saw him earlier up here. And if I say to Vinny, wow, Vinny, that haircut is awesome, dude. Your hair is awesome. See? See what I mean there? See, the wow totally applies. The wow applies, but the awesome doesn't. Sorry, Vinny. The awesome doesn't. You see, because although Vinny, and you know I love you, man. You know that. All right. So... I am not in awe of, of, of your hair. Okay, I'm just, I'm just not. It doesn't induce an overwhelming feeling of reverence in me. It just doesn't, Vinny. On the other hand, I mean, to be fair, on the other hand, wow is a really good word because that's simply an expression of, of admiration. That's what wow means, okay? And trust me, Vinny, your hair is wow because, boy, I wish I had some of it. I tell you, it's going away fast. But biblically speaking, your hair is wow, but it is not awesome. It is just not awesome. And so why does that even matter? What difference does it make? What does it matter? Well, you see, because words matter. Words matter, and, the, and the, the meaning that you pour into words really matters. Watch your words. They matter. So when we look into the Word of God today, that clearly, clearly teaches us that our God is an awesome God. 
You'll know biblically that this word awesome is not just some cavalier word or term that we use. In fact, in the Hebrew, the word Yahweh is used about 400 times in the Old Testament. 400 times in the Old Testament alone. And depending on the context, it is always translated into English as either awe, awesome, or fear. That's the original Hebrew word. When you see awe, awesome, or fear, it is from the Hebrew word yare. And so it's the same in the New Testament in the Greek where one word, phobos, spelled P-H-O-B-O-S. That's for you wannabe Greek scholars out there. Uh, You see, it's translated into the English as, you guessed it, awe, awesome, or fear. And typically when we see the word fear in in Scripture, given the appropriate context, it means reverence, doesn't it? Most of us know that. Some don't. But when you see the word fear, it typically means reverence, not afraid. But context is everything. Context is everything. So fear, as in afraid, as opposed to reverence, is always very obvious by the context. So I wonder, how would we respond? How would you respond if you were confronted with God's awesome presence? Now, I'm talking about a manifestation of God's physical presence here. Now, I'm not sure, but I would imagine, I would imagine you and I would not respond in any casual or lackadaisical way. We just wouldn't. In fact, the Bible never records a time where there was a direct personal encounter with God where the person wasn't just shaken to their core. Shaken to their core. Shaken by the awesomeness of God in his presence and his person. In Exodus 3, 6, when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, remember that, don't we? We remember the story. What did Moses do? What did Moses do when God appeared to him in, and it was manifest in the burning bush? He hid his face. Moses hid his face and he trembled. I'll bet he did. I'll bet he did. And what about Isaiah 6, 5, where Isaiah was being called to be a prophet? Isaiah actually saw the glory and the majesty of the Lord. He saw the glory and the majesty of the Lord. And how did he respond? Woe is me, he said, for I am ruined. The New King James translation renders it this way, and I really like this. I really like this word. They use a slightly different word, basic, same meaning. The New King James, Isaiah 6, 5, says that Isaiah said, Woe is me, I am undone. I am undone. So when we say our God is an awesome God, now you have a biblical perspective on the rightful Reverence that always applies. It always applies. And by the way, church, by the way, um, never take God's presence for granted. Never take his presence for granted. You see, because the Lord is with you now. 
The Lord is with you now and all the time by His Spirit who lives in you, church. Powerful, powerful. So the message today, as I said earlier, is really a simple one. It really is a simple message. I simply want us to remember, especially during a time where we are so out of our normal routines. Amen. I mean, are we out of our normal routines or what? What we need to remember during this time and any time, frankly, is how awesome our God is, how awesome he is, and the profound reverence, frankly, that that word implies, and therefore we must apply to our everyday walking around life with Jesus, following Jesus. There has to be a reverence to it if you're going to use the word awesome. And before I was a believer, and I suppose this is the same for all of us, before we were believers, we were really kind of seekers, weren't we? Trying to figure it out. So I was a seeker, and I, and I bought a Bible. Some of you have heard me say this before, but I bought this one. I bought this Bible, and I sat down to read it. And I was absolutely clueless, of course, pretty much like any book I ever read. I wasn't sure exactly what was in there. And so I opened it to the first page, and I started reading, and my, entire, my intent for reading the Bible when I bought this Bible was to figure out what Christianity was all about. You see, because at that time in my life, I was looking for answers. I wanted answers, so I, I bought the book. I bought the book. But like you, I'm guessing... I was taught early on in my life the doctrine of evolution. Remember that? The doctrine of evolution in grade school for me right down here down the street at Ohio Elementary. I was taught the doctrine of evolution. So by default, that indoctrination into that particular doctrine inclined me to believe what I was taught. So when I first read the Bible, I was inclined to believe that there was some basis. I wasn't thinking about it this way specifically, but at the time I remember that, that this evolutionary thing was probably, it, was, it had to be true because that's what I was taught. So I suppose, I guess I figured I was just lucky to be born after we had evolved from, you know, the knuckle-dragging apes and we were standing upright because as far as I could tell, I was doing that. So at least I missed that part of evolution. And that was all good. But you see, I had also heard of creation, but I hadn't really given it much thought my whole life. I had not given creation much thought because I didn't grow up in the church, and the evolution doctrine was seared into my head. And who can get that picture of evolution out of your mind? You see, uh, in the Pliocene epoch, which is when I was going to grade school... You know, 6,000 years ago. Um, but you know the one I'm talking about, that school picture that they had hanging up, not maybe for, for the younger generation, but for the people in my generation. You know the one I'm talking about that it was hanging in every classroom, and it had, the, it had the, the, the kind of the ape-like creature, and he was all bent over, and he was almost on all fours, and his knuckles were dragging on the ground. And then you take him one little step farther, and then that picture looks like a chimpanzee, and that chimpanzee is, he's not dragging his knuckles, but he kind of looks like the one that was dragging his knuckles. And then the next picture is the guy that he's a little bit more upright, and then all of a sudden there's the one with the spear on his shoulder and then all of a sudden he's standing totally erect and then poof, all of a sudden in evolution the guy that's the final in the evolution looks just like you and me. He looks just like you and me. And see, we were told that this happens and it happened over billions of years that this happened and, and, and then we were, we were, that's what happened. Crazy. 
What's crazy is they're still teaching that to our kids. They're teaching that to our kids. You see, that's crazy. But it's a wow moment. Even that is a wow moment because the wow moment is like, wow, now I know that's not true. But when I first picked this book up to read it, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow, it's not true. And like, wow, frankly, that's pretty depressing. It's depressing and they still teach it. It's depressing to think that we got here by chance. It's depressing to think that we have no purpose in life. And it's depressing to think that we have no future hope. But that's what the evolution doctrine says. So, I don't know how I got off on that. But anyway, I was reading this in, in, in this book right here. It's called the Bible. I was reading and I started in Genesis. And frankly, I didn't actually stop. I started reading in Genesis. And I picked up that book because I was so intent on getting answers that I read and I read and I read. Seriously, I didn't go to work. I took two weeks off of work and I started reading that book because it's a long book. <laughs> I read every day, pretty much all day, for about two weeks till I got to the end. You see, I couldn't put it down. I didn't want to put it down because I was looking for answers, and I figured the answer was at the end because that's kind of where the climax is on, on most books, right? So I was just figuring I was reading it to the end, and I got to the end, and, and, and uh, it, it was just, this thing was packed. This book was packed with things I had never heard before, ever, never heard these things. I was sure the answer was at the end of the book. I'm telling you, this was the most difficult and the best book I ever read, ever. It's a couple of decades later, and we're in the midst of a global pandemic, and I'm standing here telling you that we could use right now a wow, awesome moment. See, we all need to be reminded. We need to be reminded that our God is an awesome God. Amen? So turn to Genesis chapter 1. See, in a minute, we're going to read Genesis chapter 1, the first three verses. But I have to tell you, when I first read this, I blew right past it. I blew right past Genesis 1, 1 through 3. See, my thinking is that the answer was in the end of the book, not the beginning of the book, so I wasn't paying that much attention to the beginning of the book. So let's take a look at the beginning of the book, and let's see if the Lord gives you, let's see if he gives you a wow, awesome moment. Genesis 1, starting in verse 1. Ready? Here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Wow! Exactly, Randy. Wow! In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But wait a minute, that's not what they taught me. I'm reading this for the first time. That's not what I was taught. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But let's, let's keep reading. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there you go. There you go. First one is a wow moment. The wow is, how did he do that? How did God do that? He created the heavens and the earth. How did he do that? I have absolutely no idea standing right here before you today. I have no idea how God did that. No clue. And that's really hard for an analytical like me. See, because I want to know. I want to look at the manual. I want to see if there's any working drawings. How did that happen? How did he do that? Jordan, you're only laughing because you're built the same way. 
He didn't tell me how it happened. But that's not even what I want to focus on this morning. Because I've learned to, to read the scriptures, and Isaiah 58.5 tells me something very profound. When God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And that should become pretty obvious in the first ten words of the first book of the Bible. Amen? Amen. So direct your attention to verse 3, because church, this is awesome. This is just awesome. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So at first glance, you might look at this as the same as verse 1, heaven and earth, creation kind of language, right? But it's not. It's different. It's entirely different. So what makes verse 3 different? Well, look at it again. Look at it again. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said... Question. Is that literal or metaphorical? The God speaking part, I mean. Because you've got to decide. Is it literal or is it metaphorical? Well, I'm going to save you some time, theologians. Let me tell you, in the original language, if you look at the original language and you see the word and you, and you, 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 you look into that word, it is so obvious that this must be taken literal, that God spoke. You would be hard-pressed to take it any other way. God spoke. I mentioned that to somebody this week, and they said, who did he speak to? And I, so I shared the doctrine of the Trinity with them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you see, they were all there. God spoke literally, and we need to be reminded today of how awesome just that is. Just that. Now, there are, sir, there are, I'm sure there are some. Maybe in this room, there's 10 of us here. Maybe some of you listening right now that are thinking, okay, fine, I already believe that. Let's just move on, can't we? Can we just move on? And if that's what you're thinking, if that's you, that's okay, if that's you, but let, let me help you. Let me give you a little bit of help this morning. If that's you, wanting to just move on, because you already believe that, you're missing it. You're missing the point. If you are not completely in awe, completely in awe of how awesome our God is, in the first three verses of the first book of the Bible, you will undoubtedly be cavalier while reading the rest of the Scriptures or the rest of the Bible, and that is going to affect every aspect of your walk with Jesus. You simply cannot read the Word of God like it is just another book. You can't. Seriously, look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and there was no light, and God spoke literally, and I quote, let there be light, and there was light. I mean, come on. Come on. When was the last time you just camped right there for a minute? That's the same God that created the ground that you're sitting on. That you're sitting on this very moment. He spoke light into existence. And after creating the universe, if that wasn't enough, then he made you and called you his masterpiece. 
come on. Our God is an awesome God. Amen? We need to remember that, especially when you're looking at things from a human perspective because it looks a little bleak out there in the world right now, doesn't it? I got to tell you, it feels a little weird standing up here in any event, but doing it here with only a few people sitting here and knowing that you guys are all at home and we don't get to see each other. I mean, that's just like, it's a little weird out there right now. And it seems bleak. And I haven't talked to anybody that likes it yet. (laughs) Now, I mentioned at the outset, this is a simple message of, wow, awesome. And here we are just three verses into the entire Word of God. Three verses into the entire Word of God. And if this doesn't elicit a powerfully encouraging, holy reverence for the bigness and awesomeness of our God, you really do need a wow, awesome moment. You really do. Of course, this is just the beginning because the Bible, this is my Bible. The Bible is full of stories of how awesome God is. It's full. But there's a problem. There's a problem. It's not with the Bible. There is no problem with the Bible. The problem is how we, you and I, approach the Bible, the Word of God, the living Word of God. And what do I mean by that? Well, question, another question. Does God speak to us through His Word? Yeah, sure, of course He does. That's one of the ways He speaks to us, for sure. You see, in God's infinite wisdom, I don't know how He did this. I don't have, I can't explain it. I believe it. But in His infinite wisdom, He chose specific people and then supernaturally empowered them to write his words, and the book contains absolute truth. It's absolute truth, written by a number of authors over a long period of time, and it all ties together, and it's in the form of poetry and parables and prophecy and and, and, and more. It's overwhelmingly, truly awesome, this book, holy, set apart. Amazing. But the problem is we often read the Scriptures, and we're taught rightly to do that. I mean, how many read the Scriptures on a regular basis? Many. Some, we're taught to read it daily. But then we forget that reading just isn't enough. Now, don't get me wrong, reading is good, and if you do a one-year reading plan, awesome. I have a hard time sticking with those sometimes. But they're good. Maybe you read the the Psalms or Proverbs. You can read one proverb a a day. It's great. I, I was in that habit for a long time personally. It's good. It's all good. Reading is good. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is how we read. Now, I want to encourage and challenge you today, church. I want to challenge you to change the way you read your Bible. That's right. Change the way you read your Bible. Because here's the problem. First, some of you aren't. Some of you just aren't reading at all. And well, 
That's not good. You see, getting into the Word of God so the Word of God gets into you is a spiritual discipline. So, chop, chop. Get with the program. Open it up. Read it. Nothing bad ever happens from doing that. Only good. Some of you are perhaps reading even out of duty or works. Problematic. But at least you're reading. At least you're reading. But because the message title today is, Wow! Awesome! I want to encourage you to read about our awesome God in this awesome book with an overwhelming sense of awe and reverence every time you read it. Every time. And here's what I mean. By way of example, what are we going to do? We're going to go to the Word of God, of course. Turn to Exodus 14. Second book of the Bible. Great book. Haven't read a bad one in there yet. Exodus 14, starting in verse 21, says this, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right and on their left. Now, this is just one event in the story of the Israelites who were, what, enslaved in Egypt for about 400-odd years. We're worried about four months of a pandemic. These people were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years waiting on the Lord. Amazing. But see, God promised them the promised land. And he promised that he would get them out of Egypt. And he sent Moses, and some of you know the whole story, but he sent Moses to take care of that. But the problem was, is when they came out of Egypt, Pharaoh's army was a little bit tweaked about this, and he went after them with his army. Now, the army was bearing down on the Israelites, and there was about a million Israelites. Think about that for a second. There's a million Israel. I don't know what a million people assembled in one place even looks like, but there was roughly a million people. The Scripture said there were 600,000 men, which means that by application, by the time you add the women and the children, conservatively, there were a million Israelites in the desert, hemmed in by Pharaoh's army that was after them. And they were stuck at the Red Sea. And you know what they were thinking. We're all going to die here. We're going to die. Mark, we're going to die. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt and be a slave? We're going to die right here in front of the water. They were hemmed in by the Red Sea. Sure death was what was staring them at the face. Now, you've got to stop for just a second, you see, because this is not just some Bible story. This is not a Bible story, and this is what I'm talking about, how you've got to change how you read the Bible. It is not just another Bible story, so don't read it as such. This was real history. This really happened. These were real people. This, this was, they had real fear. This, they were confronted by Pharaoh's army, but they were being protected by a real God that gave them a real promise to get them to the promised land. And this awesome God did what only a miraculous, awesome God can do. It was a real, wow, awesome moment. Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. There's the wow. And why did he do that? Why did Moses stretch his hand out over the sea? Simply because 
God told him to. It was that simple. God told him to. He said, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Say, what? A million people are going to go through the sea because you want me to lift my staff in my hand? Say, what? And what did our awesome God do in verse 21? And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. So you see what I'm talking about here? You see, church, what I'm talking about? This is not just some Bible story. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. So take the challenge when reading Scripture. Pour yourself in. Pour yourself in. Look at the words. Words matter. Look at the words. Visualize what's happening here. Slow down. Meditate. Personalize it because our God is a awesome, personal God. That's what relationship with him is all about. It is personal. You got to approach the entirety of the Bible with understanding how awesome it is. You just have to. You have to approach it with awe. You have to approach it with reverence, with confidence, with confidence, with enthusiasm. And sometimes... What will happen when you do that? You've got to understand that you may have an, an Isaiah moment. Whoa, is me. I am undone. Just undone. Our God, our God is bigger than anything you or I am going through. Anything we're dealing with right now and forever. You see, whatever your situation, whatever you're dealing with right now, this craziness that we call COVID-19 that none of us have ever lived through a global pandemic before, it's just very interesting and kind of crazy and none of us like it. I get it. And if you're all wigged out about that, well, then you're wigged out about that. God is bigger. God is awesome. He is bigger than any financial uncertainty that might be associated with anything you're going through right at this moment. God is bigger. God is bigger than the cultural and political divide and unrest that we're all being exposed to in our country right now. He is way, way, way bigger than politics and unrest. He's bigger than any broken relationships. Way bigger God is bigger than sin. Made a provision for it even. He's bigger than your fear. He's bigger than your doubts. He's bigger than your anxieties. He's even being bigger than what we're thinking about because we can't even meet at church. See, whatever it is, whatever it is, you have to approach the Word of God in awe. Approach, however, more importantly, the Lord in awe.
is first and foremost the highest priority. You can approach this God that is so awesome and has revealed himself to us in so many ways and has done so many miraculous things and is currently and will continue to do things in miraculous, awesome ways that we must approach him in awe, in reverence, and in trust, calling on him as Abba, Father, Abba, Father, because he profoundly loves you and me. You see, it's a simple message, isn't it? It's really quite simple this morning. Our God is an awesome God. Simple, true, profound. Approach it in awe. Approach Him in awe and reverence. Then you guys can come up. It's a simple message, and we oftentimes think about church as being simple, and it should be because there should be joy and peace and love and relationship and all the things that church is about. You are the church, and we do communion at church, and we choose here at the well to do it every week, every week. And so if you're at home today and you don't have the elements to take communion, well, guess what? That's okay. That's totally okay. Perhaps you can take the time this morning as we prepare ourselves for communion to just meditate. Meditate on how God has spoken to you this morning, yesterday, recently, or maybe how you would like Him to speak to you. Meditate on that. God spoke and still speaks. Meditate on that. Maybe you need to use this time to confess and repent. Know that our awesome God is a God of love, of mercy, of grace, of forgiveness, and so much more. We need to remember that the whole of Scripture points to Jesus Christ, all of it. It is a story about how God sent His Son It all points to him and our right relationship with him that was broken. So let's remember this morning his life, his death, his resurrection, without which we have no hope. Let's remember that Jesus first appeared to Mary and the other women. Remember that he appeared many times after his resurrection. The power of the resurrection that came from God the Father raised him from the dead, and he appeared to the apostles multiple times, even to Thomas, who was just so filled with doubt. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe with all that's going on, you're filled with doubt. But what did the Lord do compassionately with Thomas? He said, look, see, touch. And so Thomas did. And then Jesus gave him and us those beautiful words. Blessed are those who have not seen 
and yet have believed. So if you're listening today, wherever you might be, there would never be a better time than right this minute to just simply trust Jesus. And you can do that. There's, there's no magic formula. Just surrender your heart the best way you know how and just simply put your faith in Christ. It's simple, which is the obstacle for most. It's just simple. He loves you. You see, because you're not here by chance. This was no accident. You were actually created for a purpose to love and be loved by the Savior. You see, there is such great hope and great confident expectation, isn't there? In that eternity that we will spend with the risen Lord. That's our future. And I want to close with a couple of scriptures. And then I'm going to pray. So if you're going to take a communion, you could take that anytime you'd like to, if that's what you have planned for at home. Or if you just want to meditate or pray, hold hands together as a family, or if you're by yourself, just be with the Lord. Make it personal. Or do all of those things. Amen. Isaiah 40, 28. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is eternal God, creator of the earth. He never gets weary or tired. His wisdom cannot be measured. And Psalm 147.5. Great. And I would add, for today, awesome is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And finally, 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with, his, with joy that is inexpressible 
and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. God, God, please forgive us if we have approached you in any cavalier way. Because, God, you are awesome. You are awesome now. You are awesome forever. And you always have been from the beginning. Thank you for speaking, Lord. Lord, we come to you confessing that we need you. It's just that simple. We need you. We are dependent on you, Lord. And you are always there for us. So we lift a prayer of thanksgiving, God, that you are so faithful. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for such a time as this, reminding us of your awesome love and grace and mercy, your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for creating us for a purpose to be in direct, right relationship with you through your son, Jesus. Oh, Lord, that is a truth that we just need to hear. So we thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for who you are, God. Who you are. Our God is an awesome God. Amen? Amen. Wow. <laughs> Was that awesome? Uh, 
That was awesome, but it's only awesome because our God is awesome. So again, thank you so much for choosing, again, that choice that you made to be with us here today. That means an awful lot to us, and it means a lot to God that you are choosing today to serve him, to make him more important than anything else in your life. Um, We look forward to the day when we can invite you into the commons and invite you up for prayer after service, but that's not where we are right now. But as I've mentioned each week, we are really pleased and happy to pray for you if there's anything that we can pray for you about or with you. And you'll see on your screen the uh, email address at the church, and there are people monitoring that all the time, and we're happy to pray with you uh, if you'll just let us know how we can support you. Um, I wanted to just tell you next week, as I mentioned at the beginning, Richie's going to be taking a little bit of time off. And next week, we have Reed Jolly coming back to share the message and the word of God with us. Reed was with us back in October of last year. And I know just got so many, um, just great uh, appreciation for his teaching and for the excitement that he brought in teaching on Psalms. So he's going to continue in Ephesians starting next week. So I hope you'll join us and and, uh, be with us next week. So I just want to close you. Bill did kind of a benediction or a doxology at the end of his message, but I'm going to end with one as well. Uh, This is Ephesians 3, and just very appropriate for what Bill talked about, that our God is awesome. This says, now to him, that is the awesome God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or all that we can think. And he does that according to the power that is at work in you and I, the Holy Spirit. It is to him, that awesome God, be glory in the church and glory in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.